Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Slavic Bros. My name is Tyler, and I'm joined by Austin and Monica. Welcome back, Monica. And we do have one guest, Lesia, but I'll let you guys all introduce yourselves first. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure, yeah. Uh, my name is Monica Pekis. I am the current Miss Czechoslovakia U.S. Ambassador. I am also a practicing attorney. And uh, I am Czech and Serbian, so happy to be on the Slavic Bros podcast and chat about Slavic issues. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Lesia Leskowska. Um, I am a content creator and a student, and I was part of the Lorraine International pageant this year. Um, it's nice for you guys to have me on this podcast. Hell yeah. And we're happy to have y'all. Today we're going to be talking about um, beauty pageants and how they offer an avenue for participation for um, young girl, like for girls in the Slavic diaspora. And also we'll kind of talk about other avenues for getting involved in the communities as well. So looking forward to kind of having the conversation and seeing where this all goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess like getting into this, um, you, you both have experience with this. Obviously, Austin and I have, like, we, we can't say too much. Um, unless maybe, Austin, you know something I don't. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to say no. But so for both of you guys, you guys are both, like, very different in age. I, I'm very curious. Um, what are your, like, initial thoughts on it based off of, like, your experiences? Um, Monica, I'm not sure how how long you've been doing this. Uh, I, I, you might have told me. I just completely blanked, so I apologize. Um, but I, I'd just be curious to know, uh, Leslie, I'm assuming you're probably a little bit newer. Um, I am definitely newer to this. This was my first time doing this. So I had no idea. I'm talking right. like, I did not know what I was getting myself into at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lesia brings up a good point. It was totally new to me as well. Um, I guess now I would be on my second year because my first year was being the state queen, Missouri queen. And then this past year has been national. But I truly had no idea. Um, it's kind of something that I never thought I would get involved in. And it kind of, you know, I stumbled upon it because someone suggested yeah. it to me. Um, and Leslie, I don't know if you had the same experience, but it was kind of something that just fell in my lap. And it seemed like a good opportunity and totally, totally different world. I mean, never been in a pageant. The heritage aspect, I think, made it, you know, more enticing and more comfortable to get involved in because you you feel like you do have a connection. But yeah, I was totally new to it. And for mine, the age range was like 16 to 26. So I was on the older age. I, I was maybe 24 when I started. I'm 26 right. now. So it was something that I was totally new to um, and figured it out as I went. And so that's another thing to discuss, like the mentorship aspect. But yeah, totally new to me. Damn. Huh. And so um Monica is the Miss Czech Slovak USA Queen. So we'll def we'll definitely talk a lot about the um Miss Czech Slovak USA pageant during this episode. But do you want to provide a brief explanation of the pageant that you entered in Ohio? Yeah, sure. So um the pageant is connected to the Lorraine International Festival, and we have all kinds of cultures from like Mexican. To Laotian, which I honestly did not know we had like a Laotian, Laotian runner up. I don't know how you pronounce it from Laos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there it's all from like America to like Asia. It's pretty interesting. 
uh, our last queen was pretty sure Mexican. Our new queen is African American. So, you know, you have a very nice variety of everything and everyone. But Lorraine is mostly just Eastern European people. And but we also have a lot of Hispanic people as well. So you just kind of fill out a form online and then they they contact you. I don't know. I think I got contacted through um through phone or I sent them an email. I'm not sure exactly how it went. But you just have to be willing to participate in all the volunteering events and, you know, have good attendance and present yourself well. So that's really how you enter into the pageant. You just be nice, be presentable, do a lot of volunteering and know a lot about your culture. Okay. So what's it like when you're like actually in it then? Uh, Do you find that like overall it's a very positive atmosphere? All the girls are very nice to each other. So like one of the main rules we had set for the pageant was that none of the girls talked badly about the other girls. So there was like no gossiping around. Um, (laughs) Because that happens when you have a lot of women together, big groups of women, it just naturally happens that they start kind of talking about themselves. And it's like, this one said something, this one said something, and it's just like a whole drama. So we got along pretty well, I would say. There wasn't any any time that somebody started any drama, thank God. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds like a great opportunity. Um, it's really cool. I don't, I didn't even know that different states had like, you know, multicultural competitions like that, where it was like different cultures competing together. So really cool opportunity. I saw that I saw your Kroya you wore from Slovakia for it. It was great. It looked beautiful. So it was, a, I think it was a great opportunity to kind of like present uh, Slovak culture. So um, that said, Monica, do you want to kind of like talk a little bit about the Mischek Slovak pageant and how, how to get involved in it and kind of how it's all set up in your experience? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I, when I came into this, I didn't really know anything about it. And once I started learning about it, a world just opened up for me. And I think the the young Czech Slovak women in our country could really benefit from getting involved. I think it's a great opportunity to develop your public speaking skills, to develop, develop the way that you present yourself publicly and to learn more about your heritage, because that's a component as well. And Tyler and Austin, when you told me the subject of the podcast today, I thought it was it would be interesting to kind of highlight that these pageants, you know, you say, oh, a pageant, that's a beauty pageant. But the real heart of what this pageant is, is that it's a heritage pageant. And Lesia, you can chime in and tell me if you agree. But I think the heart of this all is kind of researching our heritage and sharing and promoting and preserving our heritage, which is what makes it unique compared to, say, just any other beauty pageant you could join. And I think that's what made me enticed to join this and why it's been such a positive experience for me. But as far as getting involved goes, um, you could check out our website and that has more details about, you know, the standards for what age you need to be, the different uh, events of the competition. Uh, Just a brief overview you'll do when you go to Wilbur, Nebraska, that's where the pageant is held, the national pageant, and they have a talent portion, You're judged on your CROI modeling, and so the CROI itself and then how you model it, different presentations, you have public and private interview questions, 
So it's very well-rounded. And as you can tell by those categories, a lot of it is based on how well you know your heritage and how well you're presenting that rather than just like how you look or how you appear. So I think that's really important as far as getting involved goes. So I live in Missouri and so we have a state pageant. And so that was set up for me to become the state queen first and then go on to the nationals. And a lot of Midwest states have a state pageant. And so you would inquire with that state pageant first. But there's also the opportunity to get involved if your state does not have a pageant. So actually this year in Wilbur, we're going to have a young lady who is a contestant from Illinois and they do not have like a designated state pageant, but she's going to be an at-large contestant. So she will get to compete without that state pageant. And we've had, I think in the past years, Nevada, New Jersey, a lot of different states that do not have a state pageant and you're able and eligible to apply that way. So definitely, I would say step one, check out our website um, and then reach out to me or anyone else on the Royal Court. And we are happy to kind of point you in the right direction on that. Yeah. That's really awesome. I love that, you know, like it's like open to people of Czech and Slovak heritage as well as Rusin from all over the country like that. And it provides such an incredible opportunity to like, you know, present your heritage and also model and demonstrate talent such as playing the accordion. I think um, Addie Hale, the Nebraska queen from she queen last year or the year before, I can't even remember, but she, I think, plays accordion. So it's a really cool opportunity. I think it's interesting that like Illinois with their huge Czech and Slovak community doesn't have a doesn't have a yeah I was surprised because they always have like festivals down in Illinois I was just like there's no way there's absolutely no way that they don't have like somebody to represent Czech or Slovak heritage right that was a little crazy yeah. I think they do have a candidate um but I would love to see like at an annual state pageant. I mean, even me growing up, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. And so I would love to institute a state pageant in Nevada because after getting in touch with my Czech heritage, I started to recognize, oh, this last name's Czech. This person I know is Slovak. Like we right. really should have a system here. So eventually I think the goal is to branch out across the 50 states um, and slowly but surely we're getting there. Usually we have between like eight to 12 contestants a year. So I think eventually the goal is like all 50 states, yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting to see. Um, So I guess just like hearing all this from you guys, overall, it sounds like it's a pretty good, like gnarly, positive experience. Um, <laughs> awesome, I see your face over there. But um, is, something... is not, gnarly is like his new word he likes to say. I never heard it. One, one of my thing. words. <laughs> um, So is this something like you guys want to stick with like long term? And would you like, like what? What would you want to do? Like in the future, is something like you'd get involved, like on the administration side. If you don't stick with it, and like normal side, I'm not sure exactly how it's that particularly is organized. Um, I don't know. What, what What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, as I'm coming to the end of my reign, so my reign ends in August. So I'll be in Wilbur, Nebraska, passing down the crown to the next uh, woman who will represent. And as I've kind of gotten closer to moving away from that and going on to the alumni side, I've actually started judging some state pageants. So I was able to judge the South Dakota pageant as well as Wisconsin. And I thought that was a pretty cool way to stay involved. And obviously, as someone who's been through kind of like the system and sees what they're looking for, you can kind of be like a good frame of reference as a judge. So I thought that was like a cool way to give back. But I really do admire when I go around to these state festivals and I see women that were queen maybe 10, 20, 30 years ago, 
and they're still involved kind of running festivals, running pageants, things of that nature. Um, another thing that I'd like to point out is like with these heritage pageants, at least for the Miss Czechoslovak US pageant, is we have a lot of scholarship funding available. And that's kind of like a cool part of like, if you get a title, if you get on the Royal Court, you have scholarship funding available. So I think definitely looking forward, I'd like to continue volunteering and offering my time, whether it's judging, administration, running these festivals and these pageants or helping these contestants kind of prepare, but also maybe in the long term, setting up a scholarship fund or donating or being a sponsor. So, you know, even if the time is not there, I can still support in that financial way. Good stuff. Hell yeah. What about you? Yeah, Lesia? our pageants are actually very similar to the Miss Czechoslovak pageant. Um, there's a lot of like volunteering. We have to present ourselves on stage, talk about our costume. Um, I've been published in a newspaper probably close to four times, four, five, three times. I'm not sure. But I've done a lot of interviews. You do a private interview before the pageant. So it's like a whole process that you have to do. You have to write a speech, a biography about yourself. Um, but yeah, in the future, I'm not sure how I'll get involved. But I really hope that I'll help young girls represent their Eastern European heritage because I feel like a lot of younger people don't really want to represent Eastern Europe at all. It's kind of yeah. dying out in a way and people are like, oh, I'm ashamed to be Eastern European. Like, no, we have a beautiful culture, rich culture, amazing traditions. We should definitely stick to it and not try to Americanize ourselves, but even if we do, we should still keep a part of our culture alive, whether that's by, you know, playing accordion or cooking our traditional food. I just want people to really, really stick with their heritage, their culture, and know that it's very important that they know about themselves and where their family came from. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, I agree with all that. Um, that's one of the big things that like for why Austin and I even started this. Um, like you said, people are just kind of either ashamed or they just don't care to be, I guess, um, paying much attention to their Eastern European heritage. And of course, like we're trying to spread awareness that that's why you guys are on here to <laughs> provide more perspectives. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah and I but, really admire how like these pageants can offer an avenue for like even people that are like, you know, third or fourth generation to really get involved in their heritage because, you know, like Czech American communities um, and Slovak too have evolved and maintain the culture in states like Texas or Pennsylvania or Nebraska to where like it's, you know, we got our own folk costumes that have been inspired by like, you know, Czech or Slovak folk costumes, but have developed into a distinct style in the U.S., such as especially in Texas, where, where one croy maker, Maggie Grimella, has basically kind of, I think, made a, her own style. And I really like how these pageants offer an opportunity to not only represent like the Czech and Slovak heritage or the Slavic or whatever heritage you have for Years less, yeah, but also opportunities to show off the evolutions of um, Slavic culture in the U.S. and how we've been able to develop our own communities here and kind of have traditions maintained, but also evolve in a new setting. It's definitely interesting. So for like the Croya I've seen in um, Texas and the surrounding area, I have never thought that they would be keeping up with their heritage so well. And that they would be so much more proud to be Czech or Slovak than a lot, and I mean a lot of Czechs and Slovaks are, 
because nowadays they just kind of want to be like Western Europeans and you know we have a lot of American things that we do in Slovakia but it's pretty amazing it's definitely amazing how the diaspora um keep up their heritage it's I haven't seen that before I really haven't and I never thought I would until I moved to the U.S. and I was like wow these people are really really proud to be Czech and Slovak maybe I should be too For sure, yeah. Yeah, which that's why I really like that it's kind of, that pageants like this offer an avenue to, you know, like model um, the Czech and Slovak American Croya, especially like, you know, like the Texas Czech Croya, because it allows like Czechs and Slovaks to, you know, that maybe recent immigrants or maybe in Europe, if they are interested in folklore, like many are, to see that there's like local evolutions of the folklore here in America. And, you know, maybe it can make them a little bit more interested and proud of it. And also, I'd like to note, too, like, you know, I always talk about Texas Czechs because I am Texas Czech, but um, Slovak Kroja have actually evolved in Serbia. Like, they've got their own style in Serbia as well. Mm -hmm. Invention. So it's just so cool to see, like, the evolution of the Kroja and and new communities. Yeah, well, you guys both make a great point about having pride in our Slavic heritage as an American and how these pageants can kind of facilitate that. Because, you know, I've mentioned before, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada, and there really was not a very prolific Czech or Slovak community there. So I did not know about Kroje. I did not know about like any cultural artifacts until, you know, someone kind of flagged me and said, hey, you should get involved in the pageant. And through meeting these people in, say, Nebraska or Texas or Oklahoma that have these strong community roots to their Czech and Slovak heritage, that was an avenue for me to learn about my own heritage and to learn about my roots. So like you said, Austin, like I am, it's my great, great grandparents that came over. So it's fourth generation now. So that's something that I really didn't have a lot of information about, if not for the pageant to help me research that and have resources. So I think it's really a valuable resource for people who want to learn more, but they're not necessarily really engulfed in that. And it it gives them that community to learn more, which I think is very valuable. For sure. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I'm glad you brought that up. It's like um, fourth generation to come come down through. And uh, for me, like, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but I feel like sometimes, at least from what I've, I've encountered recently, I've told Austin about this, that like some of the Europeans kind of look, look down on you in a way. Like once you get past a certain uh, generation, it's almost like they kind of like look down at you and like, oh, you're like not as Slavic anymore. You're like not um not as like pure, I guess. I, I'm not really thinking. I don't know a good way of, of like describing that. Um, I think like, that's an interesting point too, because on the Czech side, I'm fourth generation, but on the Serbian side, my mom was the one to come over here. And so it's even right. more complicated about like, <laughs> you know, where do you parse this out? So I, I totally feel what you're saying about like, what, yeah. what is my identity and how much of it is Slavic and how much of it is American and how does that kind of play out? But like at the same time though, like, I guess like that's important too because like for for Austin and I both we've been talking about this a lot recently is like our our role as like Slavic Americans we've been trying to prioritize like that title a lot and um you guys like brought up how it's like a good way of like the pageants are a good way of like keeping up with like your uh, your heritage and all that and like a lot of times over time it kind of mixes into like you know customs and stuff our customs are immersed into more of like an American thing and you guys also brought up like there's some Americans that keep that up really, really well, the traditions, the customs, the culture, all that stuff. And let's you were saying like over in like Slovakia, um, they're trying to become like Western. They're kind of abandoning like some of those kind of things. And like at times, 
definitely it's, it's it's weird it's almost like it's a polarization like I, i've seen americans that are like the epitome of like hell yeah they're keeping up with that culture they're keeping it up like really well better than europeans and then i've seen some that are like the polar opposite they like just don't know anything and i, I get it to a degree because um similar to you monica I, I grew up you know i'm from virginia that we're not really known for a lot of um like polish people or slavic people in general of course my my polish side comes from pennsylvania which there's a lot of poles there um but i i wasn't exposed to that same way that like austin had where he you know he knew like the texas czech identity and all that um for me it was just like oh cool i'm just a virginian i had to go and like just like you i had to like basically relearn a lot of the stuff and like really put myself in there and immerse it into it myself um but i think the pageants are a really excellent way of kind of like navigating through that and they provide that opportunity like a, a way to like kickstart you back into that and it's, it's, it's really cool in my, my eyes i definitely agree especially like you said someone who has the drive and has the determination who wants to learn about that. It is a great avenue to learn about that. And I, I truly wish more people knew about this and I wish we could expand it further because it is a really good way for young people to kind of research things that they otherwise they would not know about and make those connections. So I think it's a, it's an interesting cycle for people as they kind of find their identity as a young person and kind of connect to their heritage and their roots, but I think it's a really salient way to do that. I don't, I couldn't think of a better way for a young person to research the heritage and really promote and preserve it and show it in a community oriented way. I agree. I really do think it's a good way to kind of like, you know, it's open to everyone, like no matter what generation you are. And um, it's a great way to learn about your heritage and like just in general, learn more. Um, like just a little backtrack a little bit to the note of, um, Slavs in Europe not having that, some Slavs in Europe not having that much interest yeah. in culture and heritage. I have a little short story to tell on this topic because uh, <laughs> I may explain it better than I can. On um, on social media recently, like I've we've been kind of like you know like we ventured into like Latino, especially Mexican and Slavic similarities, and I was so intrigued because I I made a video about. Um, the National Polka Festival in Anna. It's a large Czech festival in Texas. And I didn't even, you know, I wasn't even trying to on that one really reach out to like the Mexican American community. But I just, you know, I just posted and like used um used a polka song and I got there was all kinds of like Mexican American engagement. And there was yeah. some guy on there who said, Oh, this stuff sucks. No one listens to this anymore. And this Mexican American <laughs> guy roasted him. And I was like, yeah. oh, bro, bro, like roast him. Yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, that's like one of the craziest things that like we've seen now is that there's like a very strange and I, I love it. I'm so glad to see it. But like a lot of like the, the Mexicans and like um, Latin American cultures are extremely like supportive and fascinated by like this stuff. I don't know. It's almost like they look at us and we're like, damn, those are some spicy white people or something. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I hope it'll make us. I hope it'll make those of us both in both on this side of the pond in the Americas and in Europe that feel ashamed start taking more pride because like when they see like you know similarities like you know guess of the song is Mexican or Czech or Slovak and they see how similar the culture is and like you know like in America I think you know the, the Latino culture especially the mexican culture has so much emphasis so that may be part of what is exported globally um due to globalization um so it's it's around and like when they recognize that it's a similar sound in cases i hope it'll make them feel more confident in like their music you know 
Yeah, well, you bring up a good point. So I grew up, I mean, before we moved to Las Vegas, I was born in the Chicago area and my family was from Berwyn, Illinois, which is a suburb out there. Berwyn and Cicero are right next door to each other. And when I was born, it was primarily a Czechoslovak community. And then over time, it became more Hispanic and now it's more Hispanic community. But a lot of those kind of, I guess the same features remain as far as pride in one's community, music, uh, feelings towards family, culture, food, et cetera. And so in 2021, I think I was in the Hobie Days Parade in Cicero. And I think I must have been like the only Czech float or like kind of feature of that parade. And a lot of it was primarily Hispanic. And really like the vibe was the same. So yeah. I think you bring up a good point. And I think at the end of the day, we should all be kind of proud of where we come from. And I think anyone that's kind of ashamed of that or kind of puts it off to the side it really doesn't matter what your heritage is as long as you can kind of take pride in that. And that's a point of connection with anyone, really. So I think it is important for Americans as we kind of progress into those third and fourth generations. It's important. And I think in every community, you can kind of find that connection if you choose to seek it out. Yeah, hell yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know how, every time we have you on, Monica, you just like, you... <laughs> You'll give like a little like short speech that I'm just like, damn, <laughs> I, I, I I can't say it better. <laughs> a I definitely think that um, and so I don't know why Slovakia is going almost backwards in a way to where we want to become more westernized because our culture is so beautiful. But I would what I think really helped us progress a little bit forward was like the pop folk music if you guys know what I'm talking yeah. about where they yeah. make like the remix yeah. of Ayata Kazimochka and they add like really modern music to it that's actually being played in like clubs and stuff nowadays which is pretty neat because you know a lot of young people are like oh I don't want to listen to polka music oh I don't want to listen to Chardash because it's so old school blah 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 this sounds like something my grandpa would listen to I'm like well that's the authentic music but no, then we also have the more modernized music that people seem to like a lot. And they really combine the like really, really old songs and add like this modern tune to them, which is pretty interesting because yeah. my mom likes listening to those kinds of songs when she's like working in her backyard. I'm like, heck yeah, mom, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I really like awesome. it. That's awesome. I, I really like the folk pop, like the Slovak and also the Czech folk pop. It's especially prominent in Slovakia, but I feel like the Czechs listen to the Slovak stuff too. Um, and I, like, you know, Kondrachovsi, Kolarovsi, I love well, that. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that is what I'm listening to all the time. Like that. Zababa makes so good. So good. <laughs> that, and like the gypsy, you know, like the like Roman, the gypsy music, like I love it. Like Rene Gypsy Chava, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that, 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 those, those Czechs and Slovaks that think that like the Westernized stuff sounds better than that, that they're, they're just, I'll be honest, they're just plain stupid. Cause like this music, the, the, I listen to like the like mainstream pop over there and I, you can't dance to it. Like it's so boring. But you listen to like the, the folk pop or like the gypsy influenced music, Romani influenced music, pardon. Uh, I've heard it both ways, Romani and Gypsy. So I'm sorry if I make somebody yeah. mad. But, um, and it's just so easy to dance to. And like other cultures, like when they want to learn about like Czech and Slovak culture, that's what they want to see. They, they don't want to see like, you know, Adam Mishik. Oh, <laughs> that's somebody we're going to have to talk about in the future. Dude, no. Yeah, yeah, in the future. That guy. See, I'll yeah. save that for a rainy day. But like the, 
<laughs> you want to see is like the traditional stuff, you know? The traditional stuff is definitely a lot more simple in a way, a lot more beautiful because the topics were obviously very simple back in the days. It was either war, love, death, or just being abandoned. There wasn't really anything other than that besides maybe like sex, which was a lot of like, they talked a lot about that kind of stuff, but they didn't talk about it directly in their songs. It's more hidden. Like if you listen to the songs and think about it, it's like, oh, I have like three boys coming over. It's like, mm, okay. It really- <laughs> they were pretty freaky back in the days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh god. Really, it really is. Like this, like I'm thinking of a the Czech song the Holka Sloboda. And it's like about like, like oh, a girl who's yeah. like unmarried and wants to get married and like she has to decide between three different guys. And it, it's it's just funny to listen to. <laughs> yeah. there, a lot of the songs are like that, and I don't really know why, but you know, you don't think about it when you listen to it, but once you really dig deeper into the lyrics, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I have to say, I, I think like the Czech, like take one quick thing I'll say before we go to the next topic. Like the Czech taste in the folk music is so strange though. Like the Slovak taste I like, but like the Czechs, they like like the dechovka, you know, like the brass. Dechovka. My grandpa loved the dechovka. I don't know why, because and to like, me it's interest uh, interesting sound. I don't really like it. <laughs> I got into a debate with a friend out in South Moravia who's like, he says I don't want to hear accordion. It's like poison to my ears. I said, you listen to the Hofka stuff. Accordion is so good. That's God's instrument. I think, too, I mean, like, a lot of these remixes and, like, the pop folk, at least that kind of gets people interested. Like, these younger generations are very Americanized generations. And then at least, okay, that caught your interest. And now I'm going to go and research and look up the original. So I think that can be valuable. And some of it's just, like, really good to listen to. Like, we found this, like, Serbian, it's called, like, Turbo Folk. Oh, it's I kind of, it's kind of like, yeah, honestly and yeah. we're like we love this so i mean like it's a it's like you start off ironic and then you're like wait i love this and then wait i love the original too so i think it's a it's a good stepping stone yeah for sure Definitely. and in the past like some western countries like would like roast turbo folk in fact in college i took a whole class on turbo folk music yeah. Um, and like how it evolved they had a class at the university of texas on it. it was so cool which is amazing that they even have that like i wish yeah, yeah, a lot exactly. more universities had that yeah yeah my, my boyfriend <laughs> plays accordion and for some reason he really does not like turbo folk at all but it's very polarizing but a good conversation <laughs> it's like turbo diesel and then they just start playing their trumpets it's like oh my gosh you guys what is going on? <laughs> They're gonna start bouncing off the walls or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what what I would just be curious, what kind of since you're what kind of music does your boyfriend like if he doesn't like um turbo folk? He likes the traditional like Serbian coal music. Like oh, he cool. just likes a lot of he likes the old stuff. I don't know why he does not like tur- like the turbo folk or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. I like it, so I make him listen to it too, because I think it's funny. I think he likes more of like probably either like the traditional cola music or like the the Balkan party stuff because I always yeah let's go like <laughs> I'm like okay 
you want to drink by yourself, go ahead. Oh, my gosh. No, no, I... no, no, no. That, that's, that's the way to go. Balkan party, for sure. Either that or the holiest of all music and hot take. Yeah, actually, I, I can't even defend this. But either way, hot take, disco polo. <laughs> I, I'm not going to try to hold a straight face for that. But, uh... A lot of hot takes in here. <laughs> hot, hot take would have been, I think the Czech and Slovak folk pop is better than disco polo. You know, I, I want to argue with you. I, I really do. And and there's like that part of me. It's like, yeah, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll just take the L on that one. It's the disco polo is kind of like an acid trip. Like if, if I'm like, like over the top drunk, like I'm, I'm like, I'm bobbing to that. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is where it says this. Is, yeah. I can vibe to so that. Like normally, like I can listen to like three disco polo songs, like back to back, unless it's like a, a weird off day. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm done. But Either way, I, I like to pretend that I'm like super attached to it. And I stand by it. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna pull up. I'm like, God damn it, just just give me a beer already. <laughs> different <laughs> genres for different moments. It's fine. I I mean, I, I I'd be hard pressed to find somebody that'd be like disco polo is like the top. I think it's cool. It has its moments, but like Austin, I'm sure you'll agree. Slovenian music just blows all of our stuff away. Yes, it but, is best like it is like what czech and slovak music today should be like it's like should they got be. the accordion and it's like folk pop but it's like catchy and it's just so good it's like it doesn't get any attention either and it's like i'm like y'all like this is probably the best music coming out of eastern europe is some slovenia i think like it's yeah. so classy too it's like it's like folk pop but it's just like somehow it's like so classy it's got like that old school class in a modern way and i i love it Sure, I think the yes. closest thing you'll get from Slovakia is really the Kondrachovci slash Gwarovci. But they have so much like Polish influence because they're Gorali, which is like the Polish mountain people. But I haven't really heard like Slovenian folk pop music at all. It's just kind of interesting because they're such a tiny little country. Like I think, isn't Slovenia? Yeah, Slovenia is smaller than Slovakia. It yeah. Is so, cool. oh. yeah. They're, they're, they're a good starting point. <laughs> yeah dude yeah, yeah. They're, 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 they're pretty gnarly yeah i just don't think the traditional slovak music has as much accordion i think we have more like cymbal mm -hmm. and more violin because i don't know i think the um accordion is more for like serbia slash balkan countries but obviously if you go to like a function in slovakia someone's gonna whip up the accordion like it's bound to happen at some point <laughs> yeah yeah, it's one of those things that's very much so like a, a common common ground amongst all the Slavic cultures. And I I, I stand for that. I will always pray that uh that, that the accordion stays. And if it ever disappears, then I then I know society's just gone to shit. But uh <laughs> um that being said though, I don't wanna uh go too far over the limit. Uh typically folks will kind of just start dropping off. So uh, thank you all for coming over and uh, joining us for the podcast. You guys were a riot to have on here. Definitely a fun time. And uh, love to have you guys on here in the future, too. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you, guys. I love how pageants goes to music, goes to whatever topic we come up with. So great chatting with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. guys. And, uh, and y'all doing our live stream after this. We'll do a short live stream, maybe like one hour. If you'll want to join, you're more than welcome to.